Most often, the brightest smiles come from those who've struggled the most. What's behind your smile? Let's open up and talk about what's really going on behind the smile. And sometimes it's okay to fake it until we make it. I'm Bonnie Woodrick. Join me to gain insight on how many of us hide behind the smile to get through painful and difficult times. My podcast is a safe place where others can share their stories and discuss how opening up rather than hiding behind a smile allows for growth and happiness. Sheriff Michelle LaJoy Young is the first female sheriff in Kent County history and the only female sheriff in the state of Michigan. Sheriff Young is proud to represent Kent County and the Sheriff's Office in various boards and organizations and works hard to ensure the Kent County community values are represented on a local, state, and federal level. She has worked diligently to implement processes which make the office of the sheriff more efficient, transparent, and accountable to the community. So Sheriff Michelle, I am so excited to have you here on the Behind the Smile podcast. And I know that you probably have a lot of staff, a lot of people that you know that put on that front every day. And we're going to talk a little bit what's behind the smile, what's behind the badge. But first, I just want to welcome you. And I want to say that I'm so proud to know you, especially when I'm doing research on you and I find out that you are the first female sheriff in Kent County. That is quite an accomplishment and the only woman sheriff in the entire state of Michigan. That's correct. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm very proud of that. You should be because I think that it's very inspiring to a lot of women to have someone in your position work with so many men in what was always a male-oriented field. Yeah, and there are a lot of women leaders who are now really kind of coming forward in the law enforcement profession. And I think that really reflects the transition of the profession over the last several decades and kind of being more in touch with the social services part of what we do and how we support people in a variety of ways. So yeah, I'm very proud of that for that reason. And I hope it does inspire more to try the industry because it's it's an amazing job. It's work I wouldn't change my path for anything. You've been in this over 32 years now. What interested you in law enforcement? Yeah, so when I was a young girl, my dad was the sheriff in another Michigan county. And uh, I just remember how many people reached out to him for help, whether it was at the restaurant or, you know, we went to the dime store or, you know, just walking down the streets and in the community. I just remember people stopping him asking him advice and, you know, him being able to help in such a variety of ways. And I just remember thinking, I want to help people like my dad helps people. So uh, I sought out to be in the industry and never saw myself as sheriff, of course, but I'm really glad that it has ended up this way. That even just warms my heart more. You want to help people. And I really love that because I think that there's so many, right, that really truly want to help. And sometimes we don't know how to help. And I think that one thing that I've learned about you is that you will do what it takes to want to learn how to help. And I knew that when we talked a little bit about I understand. And one of the things that really is important to me is the language and how we talk about mental health and about suicide. And up until 1964, suicide was deemed a crime. And that's where the word commit comes in. You know, so that is one of my passions to remove the stigmatizing language. Yet, if we don't know that, how can we change it? So I really appreciate you wanting to learn 
more about how we can do that. So what are the things that you're doing as a leader of the Kent County Sheriff's Department to make some necessary changes? Right. So, you know, one, a very global change in law enforcement in general is a more specific conversation and awareness about mental health. And I have to say internalized law enforcement and um, I also have a military history. The military and law enforcement have not recognized their own vulnerabilities with depression and the long-term effects of depression and its proclivity to suicide. So that's one of the things we're talking about, but probably more specifically the mental health of our community and those we serve and how maybe an early intervention or recognition that there's something more going on here than what originally meets the eye or what perhaps somebody called us about. And how can we be ambassadors to those we serve to get to a place where somebody can recognize that they need help and and then understands where the resources are that can help them. So we're having a lot of conversations about it. We have focused training on it. We've added resources for our staff to turn to. We're in the middle of a program development right now with Network 180, where we're partnering for a mobile crisis unit that may be able to reach people in a different way than what law enforcement would and probably a longer term, more proactive way than law enforcement alone can. So I'd say our approach has been multifaceted and always developing because we're becoming more and more informed as we move further into this perception and um, focus on mental health. Yeah, and recognizing that I think is key, and, and that's what you're doing, and I really appreciate that. So Network 180, they have had that mobile crisis van for several years, and it's really exciting to me because sometimes I think about the officers that go on the mental health, brain health crisis calls They're not equipped to deal with that. And I think that one thing we don't talk enough about is the effect that those crisis calls has on the officer and your own community, your own team, how those affect that. So how is the Network 180 van and your partnership with them, how is that going to change a crisis call? Well, you know, so first I have to point out that Kent County is a very large geographic area. We're about 850 square miles. So although the van has been available for a number of years, its focus has been the more metropolitan areas of Kent County and for a very specific number of hours. So first and foremost, we're working to expand the hours of coverage and the geographic spread of the coverage. We've had a focus on juveniles up until this point or young people, and now that's gonna spread more to the adult population as well. And I think really how you'll see this playing out is a co-response with law enforcement when we receive a call to 911. So the law enforcement agency will probably go out, make sure that whatever the needs of an emergency call are immediately met, but then that long-term problem solving, that connection to more comprehensive services, they'll be the gateway to most of those functions. Like you said, most police officers, they're not mental health workers. And although over time, many of them become very adept at dealing with somebody in a mental health crisis, we don't have the time or the expertise for the follow-up generally. So I'm hoping that some of this infrastructure is more solidified with the mobile crisis unit and more to follow, right? Like we're going to find out a lot about what other gaps there might be we're working to try to close some of those gaps in the mental health community and working together with them over time. And in fact, my next meeting is about that. 
I'm so for that. And we also provide care packages for Network 180 for their families that come through that provide the resources. And I know that our work with the Michigan State Sheriff's Associate Victim Advocates Units has been so important because it's exactly what you said. You're not equipped to do all of this, but if we can provide that information and the tools and the language by training the advocates and giving them these things, it almost becomes full circle, right? You're not leaving the circle broken. Right. And and I have to compliment you. That resource kit has been such a wonderful tool for our victim advocates to have and to work with. And it gives them some of the language, some of the, the necessary things to deal with a family who's had a loss due to suicide. And we're very pleased to be partnered with. I understand to, to make that happen and hope to continue to find ways to partner. Yeah, I'm very proud of that. And I think that for me, you know, I have that lived experience. And I was the person that was at the hospital where two detectives came in. And I was the one that was was questioned and, and asked and, and almost felt like I was in a movie scene, like this wasn't real because I'm in shock and I don't know up or down or where anything is happening or what's going on. But I think it's because of my experiences. I do know that that couldn't have been easy for the officers either, for the detectives that had to come in. So I feel honored and privileged to be able to share my story at training sessions or with the advocates because I think it makes us better together. Right. And I think that law enforcement agencies, detectives, law enforcement officers have to be vulnerable enough to hear how they were perceived and then have that effect how they might be perceived next time by incorporating that skill. And um, often when somebody is dealing with a circumstance that is emotionally charged, that, you know, obviously a tragedy has happened here and now they're doing a law enforcement function, it's almost easier to make yourself um, non-empathetic and just take the facts down and approach it that way. So as officers are really kind of incorporating some different skills and acknowledging the emotional draw that an event like this also has on them, acknowledging it and, and being okay to, to show that as they're dealing with the loved ones of a loss. I think that's real progress in the industry. And I'm hoping that we can continue to make sure people know it's okay to be human beings when you're uh, being a police officer. Absolutely. I mean, we're all human. We all have emotions. We all have feelings. But, you know, I think that they have that reputation, right? If you can be intimidating. But also behind the badge, what we're seeing are the human beings with emotions that can go into a mental health crisis scene and develop their own struggles or PTSD. How do you handle that within the department when you have an officer come back that's really affected by something that they had to go through? Right. And that does happen. And it's sometimes cumulative. It's not one scene. You can go through 15 scenes and then all of a sudden the 16th time you have symptoms that are different and more extreme than previous. So we do have a couple resources for officers. We have what's called a SISM team, which is Critical Incident Stress Management. And they're like internal coaches and they work very closely with mental health industry to to do those things that it takes to kind of prevent the long-term effects of PTSD in those cases where they can. And then it also helps them to identify somebody that might need a little bit more professional help. But, you know, it's the phone call to your coworker. You know, I saw that you were on a pretty tragic scene. Is there anything you want to talk about? 
Um, let's get together for coffee here. I get 15 minutes free. Nothing very intense, but just very intentional. And then again, that specific training. We've also partnered up on uh, an employee's assistance program with a program called Backing the Badge. And these are counselors who have public safety experience and history and are very specifically trained to deal with the early onset of PTSD and refer somebody over for a longer term therapy if that's necessary. But I'd say, Bonnie, the most important thing that we do at our organization now is we acknowledge it. And if I have a difficult time, I say, I'm having a difficult time and I'm going to get help and here's how I'm going to do it. And my command staff does that and their coworkers do that so that we all know we all have those moments. We all have those scenes, those memories that we can't get rid of. And it's part of the job. And I would have to also believe that you're, you all are, have a sense of family, right? And I think that just having that sense of family and now really being able to acknowledge and talk about things that maybe weren't talked about in the past have become very helpful and useful to your team. Right, right. It certainly is. And that family feeling is really important. And that acknowledgement that we all have those vulnerabilities and that everybody needs help at some point. And I think that's important for young staff to the old staff to know that any given moment you say, I'm having trouble with this, there are resources to help you. So I'm going to switch gears now and we're going to talk about something that everybody talks about is COVID-19 and the effects that we've had over the past year and a half. You know, we saw something in Grand Rapids that I, you know, being 57 years old, have never seen. And when the riots were happening downtown, I could not take my eyes off of it, you know, up till four or five o'clock in the morning because it was so devastating and it was so hard to believe that that's what was happening to our community. But the next day we rallied, right? And we came together as a community to clean this up. How did that affect you personally as the lead of Kent County and downtown Grand Rapids? That's a big, big, big issue. Um, and I and I will say, as I go back to the events that happened that night, the night of the riot that did a lot of destruction, it was a very isolated group of people that acted out against our communities. And obviously a sense of vulnerability in law enforcement because we didn't have the resources to stop it at the time it was going on. We have since had the resources to reconstruct it and hold people responsible who are responsible. But then the uh, anti-law enforcement sentiment really um, started to be pretty pervasive in social media. And I will say that has been disheartening when we've heard it because there's no one facet of our community that is to blame for something that has happened within our entire community. There's certainly things that law enforcement is improving on, needs to improve on, but there's also resources within the community that also need to step forward and, you know, hold their brother's hand and help in our own community. So it was difficult immediately following that. The concept that any one thing was to blame felt like it wasn't going to be productive. Some of the divisive talk that happened last summer in particular. But I would say in general, I was very, very proud of our staff and our staff's 
maintenance of their um, will to serve. And the community in general was very, very supportive. They would reach out, send us cards, make sure that we knew they were thinking of us. And that really helped pull us through a very, very difficult time. And I would say right now, we are all very, very hopeful that new programs, new initiatives, new inspired training strategies and recruitment strategies will continue to improve our industry and make sure that we have what it takes to serve every person who calls us for service every day. So does that answer your question? It was kind of a wide answer. It definitely does because you guys did persevere. And we did see, you know, some of the negativity in the news, you know, but I think that we also witnessed something so much more. And we take these experiences and there's always something positive that comes out of them. For me, this is my positive out of the negative situation. I want to talk. I want to help other people. I don't want people to go through what I went through. And connecting with people like you and learning more. What was a positive that came out for you with this situation? You know, I've always been very proud of the staff at the Kent County Sheriff's Department, but I've never been more proud than I have been in the last year to watch each of them step forward and and serve um, against adversity. You know, and so when we did talk a little bit about COVID, there were some very difficult times in public safety when we're trying to pivot constantly and make sure that what we're doing is safe for the community, safe for the staff. And boy, it didn't matter what we threw at that staff every day. Okay, what can we do today? Okay, what can we do? How do we make it better? How do we make it safer? Even up to and including uh, the events of last summer, I just watched my entire staff stretch in ways I didn't even think possible. So that was very, very positive. And again, most people who identified themselves as supporters of the human beings that work for the Kent County Sheriff's Department. And I really, really appreciated the love and support and the prayers that we received from the community. It's definitely a positive. You know, I think the increase in awareness on mental health now community-wide will have very long-term effects and it will be a huge improvement in perspective as people are looking at service that needs to be provided and the safety net that needs to be in place for our community. So I think those are all very positive things that have come out of the last 18 months. And that's really a good thing to look at, right? Because we can't always look and focus at the negative that's done and that's over. What have we learned? How can we move forward? So let's talk a little bit about you. You know, what What do you like to do for fun? Do you ever have time for fun? You know, do you have to carry your gun wherever you go? I mean, what is that all like? Well, I generally do have access to my gun and my badge, even though I don't necessarily have them on my person, just because I'm essentially on call all the time that I'm available in the community. 32 years of service, I have learned that none of us can serve 24-7 all the time. So I do take time off. I'm pretty active. I like to swim and hike. And I just bought a camper. So I've been up camping for a couple of days. So that's nice. It's fun. Um, I have two adult sons and uh, I enjoy a lot of time with them. I have a brand new granddaughter who's six months old and just as beautiful as can be. So, uh, and I have a puppy named Charlie who is a golden doodle and uh, never lets me out of her sight if she can help it. Aw, it sounds so fulfilling, right? I mean, you're in a place where, I mean, a grandbaby, a new puppy, Charlie, your kids are grown, the smile on your face kind of says it all when you talk about your family. 
I just want to thank you for all of the work that you have put into your career to make it better for us, safer for us. And you are bringing some understanding to something that is really difficult to understand, and that is the life of an officer. And I think that we need to respect that a little bit more. And I'm happy to be just such a little part of it to to make a change with you and, and grow with you. My life's honor for this work, and I truly appreciate you taking the time um, to talk with me today and get to know us a little bit better. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you taking the time today. I truly enjoyed the conversation with Sheriff Michelle as she has proven herself to be a leader with a heart. Her concern for her community and her staff is first and foremost. Sheriff Michelle strives daily to make sure they are properly equipped, trained, and emotionally supported to go out and serve. The emotional support the Sheriff provides is what touched me the most. Her willingness to learn more and want to do more for all is truly a gift from herself to everyone who crosses her path. I understand is proud to support the Michigan Sheriff's Association with resources, training videos, and speaking engagements. We are grateful for Sheriff Michelle to recognize the need to bring the conversation to everyday places, including the Kent County Sheriff's Department. Thank you to our community partner, Big B Coffee, for your continued support, allowing us to start the conversation with a Big B beverage. And thank you to Stuart Polchuk at Soundpost Studios for making us sound so good.